are listening to Haunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have a very special show for you today. Uh, this is not going to be a normal episode. Uh, I know you guys, all, all the listeners, haven't had one of those in, in a, a good hot minute. Uh, apologies for, for all that. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll be getting back to regular schedule, regularly scheduled programming uh, next week. Um, so with that said, we have a very special episode planned for today uh and i am of course your host the one and only bebop man josh mcmullen uh today i am joined by my uh you you've been on a couple episodes of hunting pixels uh you you've actually hosted a few i believe right i I don't know i mean it's all a blur at this point to me but yeah yeah it's just i mean seriously uh, but yes, I'm joined by Mr. Skyrise Excellence himself, the one and only Justin Ruiz. Uh, how's it going, man? It's all right. Everything's all right. Everything's good. Same old, same old. You know, <laughs> summer's here. We're, uh, you know, barbecuing, grilling, chilling and grilling like Bobby Flay back in the day. You know how it is. Playing some Good games. Bobby Flay. Oh, playing some games. Oh yeah. It, what you what you what you been playing? You been playing uh, Cult of the Lamb? I have been playing Cult of the Lamb. That's a really good game. It's a, uh, yeah. I'm I'm enjoying my time with it. I uh, I really didn't think. I was going to be into it because I was like, oh, this is just a, like, this is just a, an Isaac clone, right? And then that base building stuff, man, is that fun. That stuff's really fun. Um, but yeah, Cult of the Lamb really captured me. And then the other one that I, I actually finished, but there's like a harder run of it when you're done, is uh, Roller Drum. Which Roller Drum was really good. That game's really good. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've been playing uh, both of those in the last couple of days, and <clears throat> I I concur. I like both those games quite a bit. Um, I, they're pretty damn good. I didn't expect. Uh, I mean, the original trailer for uh, Roller Drum that we saw at the. Um, what was it, the Summer Games Fest? Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I had it in my head that it was a multiplayer game, but it totally is not. Um, so it was not what I was expecting when I when I finally got around to it, but it is a game of something else, man. A when you start to realize that you can't just pull off the same tricks all the time to reload your ammo like you have to get creative with tricks that's when that game becomes really fun because you do end up going like all over the map trying to do as many like crazy tricks within a certain limited time frame before then you reload and switch to a different gun to keep the combo like everything about that game is i think as close to perfect as you can get, but uh, it is flawed in some ways, I do think. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it is a really fun game. And and Cult of the Lamb is, is really fun, too. I think Cult of the Lamb is excellent. Um, this is a tough year. It's a lot of really yeah, good yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to think about, uh, like, everything that I've played this year and where things are, like, falling. Um, and I... I don't know. I I'm still. I think that Elden Ring is still my game of the year. But I mean, it's getting kind of close, man. I I'm really enjoying uh, Cult of the Lamb and Roller Drum. Um, I really enjoyed Stray. I I mean, I don't know. There there have been a lot of games that have actually come out that I I was like for sure Elden Ring is just gonna that, that's gonna be it. But a lot of these games have kind of really caught me by surprise. It's it, absolutely like I'm, I am still so shocked that uh, it's like so close with the amount of really, really good games that are out there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's the, whatever the top 10 lists for people that come out this year, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be pretty jam-packed with real winners. Yep. Yep. There are several uh, games that I haven't even gotten around to yet. Like, uh, I haven't gotten around to Kirby or Tunic. Well, I, I've played a little bit of Tunic, but n- not enough to really have any thoughts on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten to the Cuphead DLC. I just... Neon white, I haven't gotten to. I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I know, right? So I'm, uh, I'm very excited to see what the rest of the year holds and uh, what, what might you know become, come and topple uh, old Elden Ring for me. But uh, anyway, that's that's really neither here nor there. Uh, what we're really here to talk about is, uh, last year we did a series, uh, on the sort of state of the, uh, the three big console manufacturers. Um, and, uh, I thought it was about time that we, we kind of came back in and revisited those. So, uh, we're starting off, uh, this little series with a look at Xbox and Microsoft and uh, yeah um, I don't know much more to say about like what the topic is but uh, I, my, my first question that I'm going to raise to you specifically is um, uh, considering where we were last year where uh I was I was relatively positive on everything that was coming out of Microsoft. Um, what were your feelings? You know, uh, maybe not a year ago, but maybe roughly a year ago, how you felt about uh, Xbox and and Microsoft and what they were doing. That's a good question. So, a year ago, man, a year ago now, I think. Xbox was still in a pretty good position, right? You you had you had the series, excuse me, the S and the X. I guess the well, consoles, yeah, consoles were out at this point, right? So everything was out. 
you had those in the wild performing, doing what they were doing. Um, I think their slew of games was still good, right? They still had a lot that they they were uh, touting. I think at this point we had we had oh, people calling me left and right, man. Um, yeah, we still had a lot of we had a lot a lot to consider, and heading into holiday of last year, everything kind of was I think still on the hinge of like you know what what good games are going to come out from them first party wise and what titles are going to come out that are um you know like game pass not exclusives but like what's going to make this offering really good right mm-hmm. is it is it going to be like something like Halo is it going to be Forza and judging by like even you guys I know you everybody was really hot on Forza, I think it was, but that was your game of the year, right? Uh, my game of the year was Resident Evil Village, but um, I think Forza was number two or three for me. But, but yeah, for... as like as a collective podcast, it was our game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, good stuff was out. You know, mm-hmm. good stuff was definitely out. I think, I think that was something they definitely needed at that point. So it was it was very beneficial. At this point, was Halo out by this point? Um, no, no right? I think it came out like early December. Yeah. So anticipation for Halo was was big, and I think Halo definitely not to you know jump around the timeline here, but I think Halo definitely exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Um, hmm. Albeit very weird type of thing that they did with Halo um, kind of making the multiplayer was free to play the campaign you could buy but it also came with Game Pass and then they planned for a lot of other types of features to be released later on and we're still anticipating some of those features at this point but uh, all in all I think they're I think they're in a pretty tight pretty tight spot they were in a pretty like tight being good spot but uh comparatively i think they were in a i think they were doing what they exactly set out to do provide a a value offering with their with their subscription service and highlight a lot of the games that they wanted to push out but what did you what do you think what were your thoughts about where they were a year ago yeah uh i i i think uh mine kind of echo yours to an extent like uh i was still i mean i was pretty positive um i i think that uh i i would need to go back and listen to every single thing that i said but i i think that they had steered things in the right direction you know they had come back to the point where they weren't just letting um uh the the three big titles that they have dominate their entire portfolio. You know, they were, they were kind of expanding. They, they had gone out and gotten some studios. They had made a lot of significant changes. I mean, Phil Spencer had stepped in and basically, uh, you know, daddied them into like here, 
here here's a vibrant and actually uh like good um studio uh or well not studio but publisher and um i think that there's to an extent they weren't doing enough like there was still thing uh there were still things that they could have done to make it better um but for the most part like they had gotten so far away from what they were when the Xbox uh, One launched to, you know, it wasn't last year that the Series X and S launched. That was 2020, right? I'm relatively positive that's right. Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, like that, roughly, what, uh, eight-year gap, seven-year gap? like something like that um, was enough to write the ship in a, in a gigantic way to where I, like I said, I was, I was a hundred percent on the positive side of things with them. Um, Well, look at, look at this time last year, you had Psychonauts 2 come out. Yeah. Right. You know, like that was, and that was a title that a lot of people were like super jazzed about. It was, from a studio they had recently, or I guess, quote-unquote, recently uh, acquired. But they were executing, right? They were putting out what mm-hmm. they needed to put out, like, finally. And they were yeah. showing a lot of really good stuff. Like, they kept showing Senua trailers. They kept showing, you know, big, again, big trailers for big games and stuff like that. They definitely teased out a lot. And, and they're starting, I mean, I don't know if this is, like, a segue into where they are now but they're starting to deliver you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i mean i think that that's where we were probably headed next is uh to to talk about specifically what we feel like they where where they are now right um do you want to do you want to enlighten us first or do you uh, who who do you who would you prefer answer that first i mean i like when do i ever shy away from talking (laughs) so um well if we're gonna look at things on like a numbers basis and and where things stand the last time microsoft put out earnings was july 26th and that was for their 2022 fourth quarter results Mm -hmm. and if you look at just the quarter again this is for june the quarter ending June, so uh, April, May, June. Xbox content and services sales slid 6%, right? Mm-hmm. And if you dig in a little bit further, they even kind of highlight a little bit like what what sort of happened here. But uh, they said gaming revenue decreased to $259 million or 7% slide driven by a decrease in content and services and hardware right so that quarter a little bit of hardware softness which hey everybody's experiencing it right no matter how you slice it this year everybody's got problems in that regard but uh a lot of the it looks like a lot of the lower engagement and third-party monetization was offset by game pass right which 
Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And I think the last time they, they disclosed those numbers, I think it was like 25 million. Is how many subscribers they had? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that's right. I'm going to do some quick... Do some quick looking up, uh, but yeah, like if you look at if you look at those numbers, it seems like softness. But I think things are still on the rise for them. And if you look at what's upcoming, and you look at where they sit now, they have a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. that's going to drop on Game Pass that's bespoke to them or it's just like a day one exclusive not exclusive but like a day one launch with the service like a Plague Tale Requiem is going to mm-hmm. be on Game Pass all of these really really nice titles that are going to show up on the service and it, it really I think there's two ways to look at it there are games that, re- that there are games that get people excited for the service that want to jump into it and there are games that get people to like that retain players like i don't know many many people who might sit there and say like i gotta subscribe to game pass because i do want to play pentiment and plague tale and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i think they're kind of more along the lines of like oh i want to get game pass because i want to play halo whereas you know Whereas, like, some of the other stuff, I think, is a little bit more, uh, like, retention-based. Where it's a nice to have these sort of titles that are in there. Which is cool. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I am equally excited about their portfolio. Or at least their, their Game Pass portfolio coming up. Because, uh, like you said, there are things out there that aren't just the typical what you you know normally think of as an xbox game um so that is for sure exciting i think is there anything uh, in sorry, that go like ahead. is there anything in that uh like slew of them that you're like super excited i know plague tale is definitely up there but yeah but plague tale is probably the game that i i probably have the most um like uh what do i want to say it's probably the one i'm looking to the most uh as far as game pass is concerned uh but uh, i mean i think that there are some other ones i think that um you know scorn looks that game looks so fucking rad like it looks like a first person alien game that's not an alien game and i don't know that's really really cool to me um pentiment like you said uh looks really good uh i'm i'm pretty excited for that one and uh i I mean looking at the rest of the year I think that the stuff that I'm really excited about is more multi-platform and not yeah. necessarily Game Pass related. Uh, but those two immediately stand out to me as something that like I'm very excited to to you know dig my teeth into. Or oh, you're not you're not excited for Lies of P. Uh, <laughs> I you know it looks cool, uh, but I'm gonna be honest with you, I. I am very, um, 
how do I want to phrase this? I'm very hesitant to get excited about any sort of Soulsborne competitors or any of that kind of like genre that isn't made by FromSoft because I have played several of those. Like I played, um, what was the one that came out right around the launch of the PS4? Uh, Lords of Chaos, maybe? Um, I don't even remember that one, no. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember if that's the actual name or not, but uh, they gave it away for free. I've played a little bit of the uh, the Mortal Shell. I, you know, these games are fine, but none of them quite have the same oomph as as the FromSoft games. And so I'm, I'm very hesitant uh, to get excited for that title in particular. But it does look fucking cool. It, I mean, it lo- literally looks like Bloodborne. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's got a vibe to it. It's got a look. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Well, uh, yeah. I know you're just excited for High on Life. I mean, give me a break. Let's. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, think, I think they're in a, in a, good, a good position. And I, like you said earlier, I think that they are starting to get to the point where the stuff that they have invested in has kind of come to fruition or, or is at least coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, but I am still a little bit, um, I, I am a little bit worried that we haven't necessarily seen some of the stuff that they, have really put in our faces, right? Like, I, I'm a little bit worried about Hellblade 2. I Like, we've been seeing that game for how long now? I, I mean, since before the Series X and S were announced, I think. Yeah. Um, so... I, I would say there's I'm, a lot of very high-gloss titles in very cool fonts that mm-hmm. are great, but just have not... Like, again, what like Fable or yeah. uh, yep. Perfect Dark or, you know, names like that, where I think, again, those are titles that, you know, those move consoles, you know, they, or they, they'll move subscriptions. That's not... Yeah. You know, they're not going to just sit there and, and be like a retention play, but they'll move systems. Uh, but I think you're right. I think there are there are titles that are just, you know, they're still in like back catalog. And I wonder if it's like a big company thing where it's one of those like, are we going to get to it when we get to it? Like we have so many moving parts at this point. Like, you know, we're making so many different moves that it's hard for a lot of people to focus in certain areas. And I know that the idea of oh well, everybody like everybody's has autonomy and they're independent to be able to do that. But like at some point, you know, somebody has got to say there's a deadline um, mm-hmm. and something has to come out, but also at the same time, I wouldn't want people to be breaking backs to produce, you know, games or anything. So I, I think there's a fine line to thread here, but as a very, very big organization, you know, priorities get shifted around constantly. So, 
you know, is Fable something that they're super jazzed about making, or is it become one of those like, hey, we need to focus on you know the Halo content that we should be putting out, and you know that's where we're going to allocate more resources and staff up and and do what we can, or or I don't know, it's it's, it's tough to. It's tough to gauge that when you can't really see into it, but like you said, there are a lot of logos out there and there are a lot of titles where you're just like, man, I can't wait to see that, but am I going to be 40 when I when when Fable comes out? Like, I don't know. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm like, that, so, I mean, we can kind of segue this a little bit later into kind of like what's going on with like the Microsoft Activision kind of buyout, but I, I am worried that they are potentially getting too big too quickly, like uh, in in terms of their first party output. Because for the longest time now, they've had the Coalition, three four three Studios, uh, Turn Ten, and and really that was kind of it. Like, they had some working relationships with a lot of people, and they had, like, a few smaller studios. But within the last, what, I'd say five to seven years, they've gone from, like, a handful, like, literal handful, maybe five studios, to over, what, 20? So I think, like, I think? well, if you count, like, if you, think, if you count, like, Bethesda and... Mm. And if you count Activision, yeah, you're looking at like, yeah, you know, you're looking at oh, like 25 plus. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of insane, and I, I I'm wondering if if maybe they they kind of didn't know what they were doing going into it because I mean, all right. So Forza Horizon Three that was already in development. We already knew about that. But the last proper Forza game was, if if my memory serves correct, was three years ago. It was like 2019, uh, maybe maybe 2020. I I don't know. But it was it was a long time ago. Uh, like, a re- and, like a regular Forza, not Horizon. Yeah, yeah. The Forza Motorsport. And the, the next one is planned for 2023, and the last one was 2017. So yeah, even longer than I thought. So yeah, like I kind of want to know like what they've been doing with that, and I know they kind of retooled it and and all of that stuff, but like that's that's one of your pillars, and that has been gone for you know five years, six years, you know. Uh, then you you look at Starfield and Redfall, which were both supposed to come out this year, neither of which are coming, but they they got pushed back. Uh, then, like you said, we have Fable. We don't know anything about it. Just a logo. Uh, State of Decay 3, we had that trailer. Nothing about it. Like, And that was revealed in 2020, so that was two years ago that that was revealed. And State of Decay 2, if I'm not mistaken, that came out around 2018. Um, we have the Everwild thing uh, from Rare. Which has been known about like, for three or four years now. Which uh, I think, like, I don't know, did it get like, did that get like permanently 
shelves or something along those. Like, I feel like that game got like. The last thing I heard about it was that it it was supposed to be coming, and then there was no real direction for it, and then like a completely new team inside of Rare took over. So and that game looks cool. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. The the really trailer cool. for it looked awesome, but I, I don't know. Uh, then you've got shit coming from uh, uh, what's the Obsidian, right? Avowed. We saw that uh, again a couple of years ago. We don't know when that's coming. They're also supposed to be making the Outer Worlds too. We don't know when that's coming. Uh, they're currently finishing up. Um, Grounded and then Pentiment will be out later this year. Uh, we don't know when any of the rest of their stuff is, is coming. Uh, Hellblade 2, we don't know when that's coming. Like, they have a bunch of stuff. And I, like I said earlier, and, and you said, we are kind of starting to see the fruits of their labor. But at the same time, we're not seeing stuff that we should be seeing. I don't know how long we've been seeing Hellblade. I like I really don't. It's been forever. Why is that game not out yet? I don't so, know. Sacrificed uh, um, enough. I mean <laughs> I mean I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But um, uh No but I, I agree. I, and this is what I'm trying like I was trying to I guess articulate before was like there's so much. There's so much on the like on the docket. There's so much on the plate, and it's like everything that they want to push is part of. It's either part of this subscription campaign of like, you know, let's get people to pay ten to fifteen dollars a month, and they'll have access to all this content because you can't just have people pay ten to fifteen dollars a month and not get anything. Right or get a, or get a back catalog of stuff that they may have already played, so it's it's hard. Like they they have to keep this schedule going, and and when you when you succeed at this stuff once, you have to continue to succeed at it. That's that's the biggest, that's the hurdle that people don't quite understand. You know, like that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe of, like you can't have two Eternals in a row. You know, like if it weren't for Shang-Chi being, I think, you know, right before, right after Eternals, like you're, you'd have two in a row and people would be like, you know, maybe this comic book thing's over. But if you, you know, you continue to have to make hits and on a fixed, you know, fixed revenue scale like this, or, or if you're trying to just acquire subscribers, you really have to wow people and you have to, you know, you have to not just, play on volume you have to you have to do quantity and quality mm-hmm. and like you said you know you have games like hellblade where there are people you know i'm, I'm sure there are thousands and thousands and thousands but mi- millions i don't know but thousands of people that are super excited about that game right and there i'm yeah. sure there are people who will give it a, an honest shot and be you know be very impressed by it but like again you're you're trying to make that game as as amazing as you can make it, but also mm-hmm. have it be out alongside new Halo content that comes out, or 
you know, potentially like something like a Pentiment or Grounded or, you know, even like, like throw in all the names that we just we just announced too, or like the names that we just brought up. It's all competing against each other, but just for hours of time to be soaked up as opposed to like, you know, dollars that are spent. So it, mm-hmm. it is, it is, uh, I think it's a real big challenge and, and I think it's hard to run these like subscription based businesses because you do have to make a lot of hits and you got to mm-hmm. make them quick because people, yep. people are going to like, how long is a game like Hellblade? 10 hours, 12 hours tops. Yeah. Probably at most. Yeah. And, and you're going to, you know, what, what are you going to do after that? Jump back into, you know, Forza again, jump back into Halo again. At this point, you know, you could jump into, you know, Warzone or, you know, that whatever call of duty that's going to come out or overwatch. Like there are so many options to jump into so many different things that it's kind of like, it's staggering at a point. Like there's almost too much, and it's mm-hmm. I I find this to be the case with stuff like, you know, stuff like the the cable subscription service, like you know the Netflixes and stuff like that, where you watch the first 10, 10 minutes of something and you've already made your decision that you're not going to watch the rest of it, and it's just like, oh, like this seemed cool, but I really don't know if I want to watch the rest of this documentary on John McAfee, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not like they don't have games, right? Like, no. I, I feel like a lot of uh, the kind of pushback on what we're saying right right now would be like, well, no, you've got things like, uh, you know, Persona 5 Royale's coming, or um, uh, Atomic Heart, or, you know, Solar Ash. Like, yeah, no, th- those things are coming. The, the problem is, is those games have been out for a while, or at least some of them have been out for a while, and they've been out for a while on other systems. And you're not, you're not going to be selling Game Pass on fucking Grid Legends or, <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, Grounded. Uh, even Pentiment, which I think is a game that uh, a lot of people are looking forward to like you're not going to get people subscribing to your service with for titles like that unless yeah. they're the ultra ultra die die hard but if they're the ultra ultra die hard then they already have a subscription they're already subscribed right exactly and that's that's like the i can't wait for like the i always kind of find it funny like spirit fair did so well because of its game pass affiliation right like a lot of people and did well i'm not going to say monetarily because i don't know but that game was talked about in a lot of circles because of the fact that everybody had a lot of opportunity to play it Mm -hmm. and it's a really and hey listen it's a really cool good game narratively it's fantastic people did love it and they should they should give it the credit but was that game poised to succeed in any other way outside of its inclusion on game pass i don't know that's tough to say like that's an uphill battle for small indie developers to to try and sway people to get their games and you know that's 
that's living and dying by review scores. That's living and dying by, you know, word of mouth. It's, it's a lot of that stuff. So the inclusion on Game Pass is great. People have the opportunity to just jump in and check it out. There's also the flip side to that of like, well, I really do hope the developers got paid out on that because if they're taking whatever deal is up front, even if the game was fantastic and it generated a ton of buzz, like there, there could have been sales that were left on the table, right? There could have been money that's left on the table that they could have earned from regular sales of the game as opposed to a, being on a subscription service, right? Like there are so many instances where that could be the case too. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's like Game, game Pass is, is probably the sharpest double-edged sword I've ever seen in a subscription service like medium ever mm-hmm. but uh it, it is it is crazy and and i do think like with again with that you have to consider something something else like when that game is available day one on game pass what else is you know stuff in a back catalog that can compete with you yeah sure but you know how many people are gonna like you know go back to something it's probably few and far between but other things that drop day one that's tough. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's completely tough. And there's marketing dollars behind bigger titles, right? And that's always going to be the case with, with indie. You know, you're, you're, it's David and Goliath. But when the, when the stakes are literally nothing, like there's no monetary stakes at all for the consumer, that's a hard, hard, hard bargain. Because, hey, that, that indie title might have been 10 bucks or 15 bucks or 20 at most. And it would have been an easy sell to say, like, for eight hours, you pay 20 bucks, you have a nice experience. Now it's mm-hmm. like, I've already paid my $10, and I have so much at my fingertips. Why would I sink my teeth into something that, you know, looks a little bit more cartoonish or maybe doesn't look as neatly polished as something else? It's, it's, it is really hard. It's really, yeah. really hard. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, I don't know how they're supposed to handle that sort of stuff, but I, I do think that it is their responsibility to to provide that value. Um, right. If that's, if that's the, you know, the model that they're going down, because, I, I mean, Sony has kind of gotten into this a little bit with, like, their new pricing structure for, for PlayStation Plus and offering back catalog games and stuff like that. But... Like, this is the game that Microsoft has decided to play. This is the route that they wanted to take. And if they're still wanting to compete with... I, I Like, I know that the, the quote is that Phil Spencer said that their competition isn't Nintendo or PlayStation, that it's like Amazon. And, and, and Google I, and Apple and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, and yeah, I, I understand that. I got that. I got it, Phil. But... You're still in the gaming space right now. And if this is the route that you want to take, you have to provide that value with stuff that people want to play. I mean, I don't know. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it is a very complicated, it's complicated. And Mm -hmm. I think Phil knows it. And I think at the end of the day, like the, he's probably one of the only executives that I've ever seen that's really actually concerned about 
the end experience for the user, like the end experience for the player, right? There's mm-hmm. there's no reason the guy wouldn't be fighting this hard to get you know Persona Five and the rest of the Persona series on Game Pass. He really does want players to be able to play that on on his you know through the Xbox suite of services. I get that. And that's admirable. That's super admirable. There are other people who probably would be like, it's not even worth it. You know, like it's just not worth it. PlayStation owns that, you know, they own that so much. They must've really had a pretty sweet deal with, or they, they must've made that deal pretty sweet for Sega. Um, again, given the fact that like a lot of those games are really old and people really do get excited for them, but they're still pretty old, right? Like they're not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not new titles, and I'm sure they still paid a ton for them. Uh, but it, it, I think you're right. It's like threading a needle at this point. And I, and I think his comments recently about exclusives, I, I kind of, I, I feel like not that he's doing a lot of backpedaling, but I feel like his comments towards exclusives recently was was pretty like head scratching because after all this time Xbox has always been criticized for not having the best exclusives right Nintendo takes the cake PlayStation you know really uh flexed a lot of muscle in the last generation but Xbox has always been like ah they you know they don't have games like they rely on these third parties to to help sell a lot of these games and they all do by the way but his recent comments saying that, like, you know, exclusives aren't going to matter is kind of strange given the fact that all they're doing is buying up studios, right? They yeah. just mm-hmm. bought Acti- – or they're in the midst of buying Activision. They just yep. bought uh, Bethesda and made Starfield an exclusive. And you could probably bet that, you know, I, I – if I were doing it, I don't know if I would make Elder Scrolls Six an exclusive game, but I think – they'll probably go that route and make that game exclusive too. But to sit there and then say exclusives aren't going to matter. I mean, like mm-hmm. if I were one of the developers, if I were, were heading one of their studios, like, you know, again, like the people who are making perfect dark, I'd be like, well then what the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, right. Why, like, why are we making this exclusive for your platform? If you're saying that they really don't matter. So I, I think, this is a very roundabout weird way of getting into this, this part of the conversation. But I do think that like at some point their game isn't to, to get exclusives. Their game is to just get everything and then, you know, be the, be the studio. That's like, Hey, Assassin's Creed is available on our, on our subscription platform. You know, you pay 10 bucks or 15 bucks a month. You have access to all of them. You want to play the entire catalog of them. And they're, they're right there. doesn't matter. We don't, we don't care. Does it not? And you could buy it on PlayStation if you want to, but it, there's an easier way of doing it. Like their whole platform now is we're just going to be about convenience. And mm-hmm. that's, that's not too shabby if you think about it from the customer perspective. But if you think about it in like the, well, how many players are you going to get to pay 10 bucks a month to get onto this thing and spend, I don't know, upwards of like how many hours playing through the entire catalog of Assassin's Creed games? Like, you know, maybe somebody sits there and says like, I don't know, like you can get the, I don't know, you can either get them cheaper somewhere else or like 
you know, this other platform had, like, Nintendo has Nintendo games, and I really love those. Like, so why am I paying 10 bucks a month for a, a bunch of games that I've either already played or really don't care about? I don't know. It's very, it, it's a very weird thing. What, what are your thoughts? Because I've, I've been rambling for <laughs> way too long. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like it, it's the, the same thing that we've kind of been hitting on over and over again is I, I, I feel like it's not that they have a lack of quantity, uh, with, with the things that they're offering, uh, whether it be through game pass or not. Um, but I think that where we're really finding the the big difference between Nintendo games, PlayStation games, and Xbox games is people buy PlayStations and Nintendo consoles for their games. For for those games. No one buys an Xbox to play Xbox games, I don't think. At least it hasn't been that way in a really long time. Like it's yeah, Halo that's, is that's not Halo like anymore. Yeah. You know, like uh, I mean like a halo isn't halo anymore forza sells still and is still really really good uh you know uh with with the exception of you know the fact that we haven't had one in five years for the from the motorsport side of things um gears of war for i haven't played a gears of war since probably three uh or at least i haven't played one extensively but those games are still pretty well received critically and commercially so like but but that's it like no one is like buying an xbox to play those games like even though they are relatively well received no one's clamoring to buy an xbox i mean if you look at the console sales right now it's not exactly two to one the way it was with ps4 and uh and xbox one you know that whole generation, but it's still PlayStation outselling Xbox by a a, a sizable margin. Like it's yeah. it's not crazy out of hand the way it was last generation, but it's still big enough to like to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this this kind of gets into a conversation of like how do you define how do you define value? I mean, I could sit here and and tell you that I love Netflix because I am just enamored by the hallmark and lifetime style shows that they continue continue to churn out and somebody somebody out there is definitely saying that and and is willing to pay you know between 10 to 12 dollars a month for that and mm. there's somebody else out there saying like everything on Netflix is garbage you know, they, they have three or four shows that are pretty good. That's about it. I haven't really seen anything that I that I like. I I kind of feel that and I've said this before and I'll probably get torched for it saying it again, but I do think that Xbox, the first party style games, they're very safe. They're very by the book, they're very by the numbers, safe titles. Halo is not going to to deter much from what the Halo model was indicative from when it first launched, right? They're, they're not going to change that in the way that, let's say, 
Sony did with God of War. You know, making that like a purely character action game going to almost like sort of in a way like a soul style type game with the last title right mm-hmm. like they they turned something on their head i i sort of think the stealth mechanics of the last of us are very very different from what naughty dog was doing with with uh uncharted right it's mm-hmm. it is a pivot and yeah, when it works, they definitely press the gas pedal in certain areas. Like they made four Uncharted's, you know. It's and I think people just gravitate maybe towards that character. I don't know what it is, but those games aren't like the most phenomenal games in the world, but they're still fun. Mm. I don't think Xbox makes games that are relatively, um, or not relatively. I I just don't think they take very big risks and leaps with the titles that they they put out themselves and that's okay because a lot of the titles that they do put out are are still fun like forza is still fun Halo's still fun you know gears i think was a great example of like where they where they shined in this very different um you know in this very different genre and with this whole different setting and storytelling like that was that's really cool like more stuff like that needs to be done Sea of Thieves is another great example where it's like, this is a very, very cool concept, albeit it was very, um, I guess, it, it didn't exactly make a very big splash when it first arrived and definitely... Yeah, it, that intended. game took a long time to, to get going. But, yeah, like, I, I just, I sit and look at a lot of these things and I say to myself, like, a lot of these games seem really cool. It's why, like, Everwild was the thing that I looked at, and out of all the Xbox games coming out, it's from Rare. It looked fantastic. It looked super cool. And to me, that getting shelved was the biggest kick in the teeth that they could have ever done. Like, that was the coolest thing that, the, that they, were, they were putting out. And a lot of these other indie titles that they're putting out is really cool, too. But... It just, like, that's where I was like, well, do more of this. Like, th- this is the stuff that you mm-hmm. need. Yeah. Yep, I am in full agreement there. Um, Do you want to get into the... Yeah, I, I was giant... I was trying to think of a good way to, to segue into that. But, yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, obviously, we, we've known for a while about the Microsoft buying Activision thing. Uh, and we've, some of us have had our reservations about it. Some of us have been excited. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's something that, that has been ongoing. And, uh, just earlier today, actually, we got news that it, uh, may be getting a, uh, longer term investigation in Europe, uh, specifically the UK. Well, the UK. Yeah. With the Competition and Markets Association. Yeah. So, uh, which let's face it, like it's a $70 billion acquisition. It's the biggest one Microsoft's ever made. Of course, somebody was going to take out a magnifying glass and say like, we really need to examine this and, and good on regulators for doing that. Right. Like that's what mm -hmm. they should be doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I guess with all of that, uh, with, with that said, um, 
how how are you feeling about the the deal as it stands? <laughs> this podcast is supposed to be just what? How many hours? Um, no, I. Uh, <laughs> I think. All right. So from from a will this happen sort of thing? I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a regulator. I'm I'm not even really like an economist or anything like that. Um, but I like to think I'm well informed. I think this deal will happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. There's no two ways about it. They're gonna they're gonna own Activision Blizzard, and that's fine. That's totally fine. I think there needs to be some sort of stipulations about it, but they'll figure out a lot of the red tape and they'll get through what they need to get through. But this deal is going to happen. Um, I think it's fine that people are taking the time to sort of understand all this and try to be as careful as possible mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff. Because at the end of the day, you, you can't be in a situation where like, or it's not that you can't, but it, it from a creativity standpoint, it's it can be detrimental. I personally yeah. think it doesn't it doesn't create a very good or advantageous marketplace for the consumer. That being said, like I like I mentioned, I think this deal goes through. I think it totally goes through. I think you have a situation where Microsoft is telling everybody we're gonna play nice. We'll do what we have to do, but I think years from now we'll be in a situation where, you know, maybe they are taking liberties and saying that there are certain advantages to being on the Xbox suite of platforms for their games. Uh, And not Mm -hmm. just Call of Duty, right? It's Overwatch. It's Hearthstone. It's uh, World of Warcraft. It's... um, you know, whatever Blizzard decides to put out next. It's Candy Crush. It's, you know, mobile titles. It's, it's a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, you have to remember, there's there's a lot to this deal outside of just Call of Duty. But I think it, I think it does end up going through. I think from a creativity standpoint, it's a lot under one roof. It's a ton under one roof. And they have to be really careful and cautious about what what they do with these properties and how they are how they are producing these things in the way that they're producing them. Because you know, you now have act or I'm sorry, you now have Microsoft Microsoft behind you with almost an infinite amount of capital to pour into all these things like you got to produce this is not going to be like a we buy an independent studio and tell them take your time and and you know you guys are going to be independent and you'll figure it out and your game will drop and it'll be you know a darling for that year like this is call of duty (laughs) you know like this is overwatch this is like you have to put this stuff out there are deadlines there are there are expectations. People buy this stuff. They consume it. And I think there's, I think a lot of people are sitting here saying like, oh, well, what, you know, like they're going to keep it independent and, you know, they're going to let them do what they do best. It's like, no, they're, they're going to crack. I think Microsoft's going to crack whips when it comes to what, what Activision can, can produce because they want, 
more Warzone. They want more Call of Duty. They want more Overwatch because that's mm -hmm. where a lot of the dollars are made, right? It's mm -hmm. in these microtransactions. It's in these these types of games. And look, like Overwatch is going to go free to, you know, or, uh, you know, it'll be on Game Pass. These games are going to exist there. So again, there's there's chance to monetize through these other channels, but yeah, like you got to produce, man. Like you got to you got to make the stuff. And it's not like you can sit back and say like one day Diablo 4 will come out. Like no, it's got to come out. Like you mm -hmm. don't have an excuse anymore. You have overlords who are m much more or or you have you have stakeholders who have much more of a incentive for you to drop these very very lucrative games and get them out and get people ramped up on the subscription service as best you can and that's yeah. that's you know it's, it's expectations it's the same thing with Bethesda if you think about it like at some point you know when they when they bought them you know it's like oh I'm you know we're so happy to have the people who made Doom back at Microsoft like that's great that's cute but also, there's got to be a conversation where Phil's like, hey, Todd, you know, you, you got to make this game. <laughs> you you got to yeah. put Elder Scrolls Six out. Like, you know, Starfield's got to come out and it's mm -hmm. got to be good. It can't be like, a, you know, janky crap. So I, I think there's a lot of expectation with this stuff. And, and you know, maybe it does remain multi-platform. Maybe it does all you know maybe they're they're much more they're happier just saying like you know we'll take our cut where we can on whatever platform we can as long as we can get you know people ramped up on game pass that's fine i i think the way you get people ramped up on game pass is when you have the exclusives and i think there are instances where it does serve you to to have everything multi-platform it's going to be a strategic battle but i think to keep them in good graces with the rest of the industry it's gonna be really hard for them to really like figure out what to do with all of these titles but what what are your thoughts um yeah i so there was some uh some like funny stuff or well i don't there was some stuff going around on Twitter uh, and, and I assume in, in publications not too long ago about um, about what uh, Phil had to say about the acquisition because he said something about like nothing, something to the effect of nothing we are would be gaining from this would be special enough to uh, consider it um, like monopolistic or whatever. And I think I 100% agree with that. The The biggest thing that I think that would be coming out of this uh, from from a quote-unquote gamer perspective is, is the Call of Duty acquisition. Uh, and Call of Duty has tons of competition that uh, while maybe doesn't sell as well as Call of Duty is often just as lauded critically. Um, you know, you've got Battlefield, you've got... I mean, hell... Well, I, I would say you've got Halo, but Halo is, you know, an Xbox exclusive. Uh, but you have are... things like you have things like Tarkov, like you have these like smaller but like very weird, you know, experiences. Like they're mm -hmm. still you know militaristic shooters, right? 
yeah. in that genre. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing that I think uh, is maybe the most concerning is actually the stuff like getting King under their belt because that's a big mobile developer and as uh, as you often bring up in the Discord, mobile is kind of where a lot of people are heading uh, because of all of the monetization options. Uh, and Sony doesn't really have a mobile development thing. Nintendo has tried and uh, failed miserably at well, having... Nintendo has a mobile thing. It's called the Switch. <laughs> uh, right. So... Uh, the only thing that I think would be maybe worrisome from the standpoint of, you know, the regulators and stuff like that would be maybe that mobile component. But most of the stuff that Microsoft is getting from this deal is stuff that can be gotten elsewhere and possibly even gotten better. Like, we're getting... Or, well, not we're getting, but Microsoft would be getting stuff like the uh, Toys for Bob. They would be getting stuff like, um, who was the Activision, or the uh, dev behind um, the Crash re-releases? Wasn't that Toys for uh, Bob? Was that Toys for Bob? I, I don't know. Uh, either way, uh, you know, you've got stuff that, like, uh, like those guys mixed in with the, uh, obviously, you know, the Call of Duty stuff. But, like, I really, I really don't think that even that stuff is all that special and, and can't be found elsewhere. So, I expect this deal to go through much like you. It's just... It's a matter of whether or not Microsoft can take what they're getting from this deal and spend or, or spend gold from it, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I think, look, look, the mobile part is, I think, the most interesting part of it because you're right. Like, Sony just bought, Sony spent, like, less than, you know, probably $20 million to, to buy a mobile developer and called that its mobile division now, which is kind of funny. And then Microsoft bought King, <laughs> the makers of right, Candy yeah. Crush. But uh, I think if you, if you do look at this, you're right. There are tons of Call of Duty clones out there, and there are tons of hero shooters out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the ones that matter are Overwatch and Call of Duty and, you know, World of Warcraft and, and these these big titles that, you know, garner a lot of they they garner a lot of eyeballs and, and players to them. You know, like thirty million you know, thirty million units for Call of Duty. That's like the minimum for like a bad one, you know, sales for a bail. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about a lot of you're talking about a lot of cash just from one title. I, I think when you look at that and you look at what the landscape is for shooters, it it comes down to, well, at this point, not, not really even comes down to it, I, I think, but I, I think there's a premium product where you're paying for, let's say, a campaign and a traditional shooter or a traditional multiplayer uh, experience, and then there's Fortnite. 
right? Like there's the these there's this free to play style game that just dominates. Mm-hmm. And I think they want that type of game in their catalog and they, you know, Warzone's one of them. So mm-hmm. they want that kind of thing in their catalog. It it gets a lot of people on, you know, like it gets a lot of people playing. And yeah, while there are other games out there, you know, they they pale in comparison when it comes to this. I, I just think there are a lot of companies out there that that butter their bread due to something like Call of Duty. And I think it's it's an incredibly important experience that players can latch onto and and it's the reason why they buy certain things. Um, so I I get it why certain regulators or whatever you want to call them are sitting here saying like is this going to shift weights because it may it totally may Mm -hmm. um and not to mention you're talking about a lot of revenue coming in to just one organization from so many different channels and it's all the plan is to all be part of one connected ecosystem and in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, when you think about it, like there are companies that already do this. You know, you could do everything you want through Apple. You could get every form of entertainment through Google. You know, music, movies, whatever it is. There, there are so many different ways to do it. Yeah, a lot of these companies spun these or, or spun these up on their own. They did it with, you know, they they did it on their own, or in a lot of other cases, they acquired to get to this point. I don't mm-hmm. know how this sort of impacts everything at the end of the day, but I, I don't think you walk away from this situation without somebody saying, hey, a large part of revenue was, was captured by Microsoft. It's the same way as like you look at Tencent. They're so heavily invested minority uh, driven. You know, they, they take like 10% stakes, not huge stakes, but they're benefiting from the success of so many others. Is, is mm-hmm. that allowed? Yeah, they don't own every one of these things outright, but they do own a lot of stuff outright. They own Riot, they own Supercell, they own a lot of these other, other companies. So it's, you know, at some point you have to look at somebody like them and say the same thing. Like, do they own too much? Are they doing enough to make things competitive in this landscape? Are they being innovative? Like, I, I mean, it's not, I don't know if the, 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 the concept of innovation is taken into account here, but like, you know, from a player perspective, you know, league's been going on for how many years? It's, it's basically like the, you know, football of esports and competitive gaming. Like, league is just kind of league, it mm-hmm. hasn't really evolved. Yeah, they've added more things to it. They've they've made it flashier or whatever, but it's still that game. Does Tencent or does Riot really need to make a fighting game? It would be cool. I mean, does Riot need to make an animated series on Netflix? It's nice, but they don't really have to. It's just part of this, you know, it's, it's all kind of other stuff that helps amplify this existing game. But it's it's weird. It's a weird type of concept. Like, how, how do you really envision Microsoft operating at this point 
when they want their when they want everybody to be able to play their games through their suite of, their suite of services, their delivery mechanism. Like at some point you kind of sit there and you're like, yeah, what why would I need a PlayStation if I can get Xbox Game Pass on a phone or a TV, you know, through XCloud or something like that. You know, you, you look at this model and you sit th- I I sit here and I say like yeah, I, I don't own an Xbox, but at some point I probably will be a Game Pass subscriber because wh- why wouldn't I be if I could play this, you know, through a browser? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, it's a scary thought because it shakes up a lot of the existing uh, landscape to a point of like, it's not, what I'm, it's not what I'm familiar with, but there are probably so many other people who sit here saying like, say the same thing like well it's an easier delivery mechanism it's an easier way of doing all this it's cheaper so yeah why wouldn't i go with that and it's kind of hard it's it's the it is the like it is the like why am i paying for netflix movies to come in the mail so i can watch this dvd when when all i need is a better internet connection i can stream it directly through this tiny $20 stick, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's... If you ask, like, what the state of everything is right now, if I'm looking five to ten years... I think it's going to be even earlier, but, like, five to ten years down the pike, like, there's a... There is a shakeup coming. There is a... All of this... All of this stuff gets delivered, and it's... And it net, does not become about the dollars that you spend outright. It becomes about the hours you consume with this stuff. It's, this is what, this is what we're moving towards. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I'm right there with you. I'm just some, I'm just some dude, you know, like I'm just some guy. So what do yeah. I, what do any of us know? Really? Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, uh, and I think that our concerns about what Microsoft is doing in order to kind of, like, make themselves stand out in that environment, I, I think there are some legitimate uh, concerns that, that need yeah. to be addressed. Um, I think, here, here's the thing, and, and I think you agree, I don't know if you necessarily agree with me or not, but, like, when you have all of this stuff under one roof, and you know that certain things work... What is the point of trying out so many different innovative weird things? And maybe they work, maybe they don't. But what is what is the point of really doing that? I guess to to my like the the point about Riot, like you know they're finally getting around to making a fighting game. The characters from yeah. League of Legends should have been like in like in a Street Fighter s game long long ago, but they're finally mm-hmm. getting around to it now. They never had any incentive to do it otherwise. So, yeah. like, what's Microsoft's, like, what's, what's their incentive to, to make, like, or, or to turn Halo on its head and make it more like what they did, what Sony did with God of War? What's the point in doing that? They don't need to. They have 10 years yeah. of playing content for multiplayer. You know, yeah. like, so, I, I don't know. I see a lot of, like, these, these areas of, like, we need to press the gas pedal on free to play. We need to press the gas pedal on on battle royales or, or you know, these live service connected games. Like, I I don't see them being as like I don't know. 
innovative with a lot of stuff because so much of it already quote unquote works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um and and that's that's definitely one of the concerns that uh the other one is just, you know, making sure that the content comes out and that's good. Um right, but the quality. But yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I, I think that that's that's kind of where we're at right now. I th- I almost feel like we're we're in the the sort of like holding pattern because pretty soon what you said I think will be viable. You know, you'll have Game Pass on TV, you'll have Game Pass through Amazon Fire, what whatever the case may be. Um, and the thing is, is just whether or not those concerns come come true or not. So, and, uh, and here's the thing. Maybe maybe I'm completely wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm 100% wrong. And and I I know it sounds like I am really shitting on Microsoft right now, but like hey, na- name another service as good as this right now. Name one. There's none. Yeah. You get you get you get thousands of games for 10 for $120 a year. You get new games and you get a catalog of of a huge catalog of his existing ones. Yeah. No one has the. No one can boast that. Not even Nintendo. So, yeah. like to sit here and, and say like, there's, you know, oh, like all this. There's no value. Woe is me. All this stuff. Like, I do get a lot like really draconian with all this stuff because I do think subscription. Like we're subscribing ourselves to death at this point. But like. It, it is hard to argue with the fact that the service is really good. Yeah. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um Yeah, I mean I think I think we've kinda we've kinda beat this beat this so into how the many ground. Series X's out of ten are you gonna <laughs> Right. Five. <laughs> I'm yeah. I, I'm ca- I'm ca- uh, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I think that Microsoft still has some some growing pains that they're working through. I mean, uh, like you pointed out earlier, take a look at Halo. Well, like what's going on with Halo? Um, and and I think that there are there are things that they need to address quickly. Uh, but I, I think that they are in a in a in a good position, and they're they're in an even better position than they were maybe even last year. Like no, I, I think that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's true. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. We're like I said, we're kind of in a in a holding pattern, I think. Uh, but we'll we'll know sometime in the near future, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's true. I think it's still look. Is it? Are, are we in the first inning here of this? You know, crazy world that we live in no we're not I, I you know i think we're we're still cruising through this game with microsoft i still think they have a lot to prove they still do mm-hmm. have a lot to prove and i think this next cycle of games that comes out on game pass is going to be a real testament because like they they could have a ton of really fun titles that show up and people are like damn this is like this really was the year for them to to showcase all this fun stuff yeah. Or they come out with a lot of duds. And it's like, you know, at some point somebody's sitting there saying like, you know, for 10 bucks a month, you know, you could subscribe, you can get all these games, you could 
play which ones you want and then maybe you shelve it until the next big thing comes out. You know, like you kind of be strategic with how you you manage your subscription. I don't know. It's it it's tough to say, but it's not for lack of trying. Like they certainly are trying. Um and it's not like they're resting on laurels or anything. They're they are really ramping up. They're serious. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, uh, I think that's probably maybe the best place to to leave it uh, for now, and we'll uh, we'll return to this again. Uh, you know, probably next year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll keep I'll I'll keep my calendar open. You know. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. For twenty twenty three. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So that was that was our it, our kind of look at uh, at the state of Xbox as it currently sits. Um, yeah. Do you do you have anything that you want to plug before we get out of here? No. Just I think the only thing I really want to mention is my very sparse TikTok that I have. Uh, that is at Skyrise underscore excellence. Um, which I've said before that I will be adding to, but uh, life gets in the way sometimes. But I will, I do want to ramp up a lot of that stuff as some things have shifted, and now I'm uh, in a better position to do that. Yeah, well, there you go. But awesome. you should, you have stuff that you need to say. That's for sure. Yes, yes, very true. <clears throat> um, so, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pigs, and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Instagram at culture underscore bop. Uh, quick note on that, it has been very sparse because my computer kind of shit the bed a little bit ago. Uh, and I was more or less unable to continue making uh, content on it. Yeah, basically. Inflation, At the end of the day, changes. that's what it, what it comes down to um but that will be coming back around uh very soon i will be back on top of that uh culture bop is also available on youtube at youtube.com slash c slash culture bop uh same exact thing happened there uh i am working on getting this horror movie video done um i'm just trying not to have my computer explode while i uh while i do that um Talk about the running things. For real. Um, but I, I have that, uh, I mean, very close to being done. Um, and I already have a script ready for the next video that I'm going to do. Um, so just just be on the lookout for that stuff. It's, it's coming. I, I know it's been a while. I'm sorry. Uh, but it'll be here again soon. But there are, there are fun videos on there. And a testament to the masterful work that you do with them. Truly, truly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I am available on Twitter at the Man 2 on Instagram at Man 2 on Twitch at the Man at the underscore Man I should say. Um, Dylan is available on Twitter at TV on Instagram at Twitch and YouTube both at OMDizzy. And finally, Austin, he is available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, all at Big Papa Plays. And finally, if you're looking to support this here podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as a group, then go to patreon.com slash and consider tossing us a pledge. Uh, we've got some cool perks, uh, and once we start 
hitting our goals, even more content will be on its way. So, yeah, that's that's it. That is the end of our show. So, until next time, goodbye.